0: Hey everybody, what's up? Dave Whitley here with the Advancing Man Project show again, and I've got my friend Jeremiah Karish on the show today. This is actually our third attempt to record something, <laughs> and um, a couple of other times things have uh, fallen by the wayside or life has popped up right in the middle of our recording, so I'm really glad that we are able to make this happen today and uh jeremiah is a recovering alcoholic and drug addict turned what he's called a full throttle father which i think is a fantastic way to describe the way he lives he's stay-at-home dad spent 25 years um dancing with the demons and now he dances in the kitchen with his kids um he's made a lot of wrong choices and then one day decided to step and be the best father he could be and he's um, celebrating four years of sobriety has um um Three kids under five and a 16 year old stepson. Stepson, right? Or stepdaughter.
1: Good daughter, stepdaughter.
0: Stepdaughter. Yeah. Sorry about that. And he's the host of the Happy Dad yeah. podcast. Um, we first met in the um uh, the um a dad's group on Facebook and um, became yeah. friends there. And very grateful to have you on the show. Very grateful to have you in my life, Jeremiah. Welcome to the uh, imprint. Nice well. project well. show. Yeah. Um. Well, let's uh, nice as well, Dave
1: let's
0: yeah thank really you day. yeah well let's uh let's let's talk about um you i mentioned there that you you you've had addiction issues and you had some some difficulties yeah. in your upbringing and all that sort of stuff without delving too deeply yeah. into the past let's talk about like what kind of cycles have you broken that that you are not passing on to your kids now because um everybody has their backstory and some of it's rougher than others and i know yours has been very rough we've talked about that outside here but i don't want to spend too much time dwelling on like the negatives of the past i want to talk about the lessons that have been learned from that and how you're taking that forward into the future
1: that's the thing that's that's exactly what i like i like that Dave, because i like to live in the solution um i don't spend a whole lot of time going on the past i mean you know it's there it, it it helps you tools man I mean it's just tools it's an experience that gets you through today and and you know it's it's the things that we learn today I actually have a I keep myself in a pretty in a pretty strict um i want to say a regimen really like in the morning I wake up religiously four o'clock in the morning every day and i as soon as I have my alarm I don't even I don't check my phone nothing like that you know I sit in my bed and I just and I just be and I think that's a lot of the thing now is like there's not a, there's not really a whole lot of just being you know being happy that we're here, sitting in the moment, um, learning to sit in your shit you know sit in mm-hmm. the emotions. That's one thing I did, you know, the whole time I was out there, man. I didn't want to, I didn't want to feel anything, you know. I was dealing with lots of, you know, you want to talk about generational trauma? We had, you know, not just that, but it's like my grandfather was a World War II vet, and if if you understand that, you know, handing that kind of trauma down through generations. You know, they were told to go home from a war that they it was the bloodiest war in history, and they're told to, to 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 raise family, repopulate the earth, man. You know what, what was going on then? You know, right? So that stuff all, all all goes down through the years, and next generation, next generation, next generation, and that's where we we are here. Our generation, I believe, is the ones that has the tools now, finally, to do this the right way. I was actually just just writing a blog before we came on here about um about um. Breaking the generational cycles, breaking those breaking those things with with the tools we have, because our parents I don't I think they I think they knew but you got to remember, remember Dr remember Doctor Spock who was that Doctor Spock right Yeah came out in like the late 1970s you know that was when yeah. you and I were kids right? I mean yeah. you know that stuff um that was just like uh, witch doctors back then you know Yeah now it's like we yeah, have we have the tools you know we have it and we're actually using them and that's what's important to me. Um, I've, uh, I've actually got a myriad of diagnoses. Now, before I say this, diagnoses to me are a place or a way to group people so that you understand you're not alone. You know what I mean? So that you have a place very well to start. Said. With That's recovery.
0: a very, very well put. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a place to start with, for your recovery, because I don't think I'm just recovering from, from drugs and alcohol. Dave. I'm, I'm actually in like what I call a life recovery, you know, cause it wasn't just the drugs and the alcohol. Again, I didn't want to feel anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to feel emotions coming, going. If if it couldn't speed me up or shut me down, I didn't want anything to do with it. And that's what um. That's what that's what makes it it, it different. Is when you're when you're actually going through the entire life thing. I had to change everything, Dave. I had to change it all. Uh, people, places, things, what I was doing, who I was talking to. Uh, my wife. Thank God she stuck around with me. Goodness gracious, you know. But today. Today, it's a, it's a very happy life um I try to keep the good in everything man I, it, it's, a, it's a hard job sometimes it really is mm-hmm. you know I try to look for the, the the silver linings you know and you when you look at the silver linings for everything try and find the good in it and that really keeps me in a positive note and that and that's transferring to my kids now you want to talk about breaking generational traumas man my kids yesterday I walked in and I took a video of it listen to this my daughter my my older twin was asking my other daughter who was upset What color is this? And she was pointing at something in the room. And what color is that? Can you count to five for me? She was grounding her at five years old. She was using grounding skills on her to get her to calm down. Where'd she learn that, Dave? Hmm. From us. From us Mm -hmm. modeling that behavior. We're teaching them. We're teaching them how to live. You know, it's funny because, you know, I remember hearing a lot growing up, you know, we heard a lot of things like, boys don't cry, boys don't cry. We heard a lot of things like, I put you here, I'll take you out, you know? Right. Uh, the roof over your head, you owe me. You know, those things. We heard those things. Now, I don't really believe in that. You know, our kids didn't ask to be here. Right. We made the decision to put them here, right? We made the decision to put them in. It's like, most times, I understand there's problems, things that happen. You know, I'm, I'm saying a generalization. But um, in that respect, you know, it's I feel that it's us that owes them the future they're the future i'm I'm gonna be gone i'm leaving i mean what what are they gonna do when i'm gone you know i want them right. to self, you know, self-sustaining you know be able to take the world by the by the by the harness and go go to town with it
0: yeah i agree with that completely and and i think that you're right the the whole um the whole dr spock thing um is a relatively new development the 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 idea of children being treated as humans really is a relatively new idea if you stop and think about it, right? I mean, um, child labor laws didn't exist, what, 100 years ago? You know, you had no. eight-year-old kids working in coal mines and stuff like that, and and just all of the the stuff that you referenced earlier about coming home from, from the war, and it's like, okay, you went out, and you did all these terrible things, and you saw all these terrible things, and now you're supposed to just, like, set that aside and go raise good humans. And, and by the way, we don't have any tools to give you to do that. And, and there's no wow. way that can't be the pebble in the pond that affects stuff, you know, affects us to this day. And, you know, we talk about this a lot on the, in the Facebook group that, that you started. And um, it comes up a lot when the moderators, when we're having discussions about what we should allow and what we're, what we should remove and, and all of that sort of stuff. There are a lot of men out there who are still carrying this, this conception of masculinity that is built around basically using brute force to put, to put anyone into submission to my will. And if you don't agree with that, I will just continue to to be forceful until you comply. And, Uh, that's no, uh, that's not an effective way to, to raise kids, you know, and periodically something will come up with, with something around, um, they're talking about punishment, even though they use the word discipline. And I, I'm, and I know you feel the same way firmly of the belief that words mean things and discipline and punishment are used interchangeably and they should not be right. Discipline means to teach punish means to willfully inflict pain. And, and I don't think that that's a good teaching tool, but that's, you know, we can, we could go into that. Um, Later, but these guys, but 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 these guys will come in and they'll they'll just be parroting these things, and they've the sad thing is they've clearly never stopped to think through what they're saying. It's just been so ingrained into them through fear that if they questioned it, did they Mm -hmm. that if they tried to have a voice when they were six or seven years old to question the effectiveness of what they were being subjected to, um. Under the guise of of discipline, when really we're talking about obedience, right? And it's the difference between yes. obedience and cooperation to me, is, which is a, you know a, a huge, a, a huge distinction to make. Like obedience means that I will I will punish you if you don't do what I say, and that puts us at yes. odds with the kid, right? Cooperation yes. is <laughs> hey co- cooperation is we're both figuring this thing out together, and my responsibility is to teach you how to be a healthy person. Um, So Mm -hmm. let's cooperate toward that end. And so that way it's both of us, the parent and the child working together to, to grow both of us. Right. And, you know, and and I'm, I'm real fond of saying that fatherhood is the biggest personal development journey that none of us knew we were signing up for, you know, and and I, I and I've learned far more from my son than I've taught him is how I feel, you know, and so to, to miss out on that, because we're, we're so close-minded and so subjected to the idea of of children to be seen and not heard and and all that sort of stuff um but really the and 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 i say all that to say this you brought up dr spock a big a, a big one for me looking back on my childhood growing up was fred rogers you know fred rogers was revolutionary in the 60s you know we don't think much about it right now but but the idea of of kindness and compassion and treating other people as people regardless of their age was revolutionary at the time so did did Fred run all that to say did Fred Rogers have an impact on you in the same way he had an impact on me
1: he did because you remember man the 80s was a wild place and it was to me and, and when I look back on my childhood you know my parents had a had an interesting they got an interesting decade cards my father was a cancer is a cancer survivor you know my my little brother fell on fire they were away at the hospital a lot my brothers raised me family friends things like that my my dad was around it was you know uh it was always they were dealing with something medical so it wasn't really like a a really big father-son interaction going on so i remember looking at fred rogers and i'm being and they would they would bring in the other kids and they would show the kids like run around there and i remember being confused by that right you know when i was young but as I grew up, I understood what was going on that 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 the empathy that he was teaching me mm-hmm. was a tool that I needed to survive. Because it's like I grew up very small, uh simple-minded town. And I love what you said about toxic about the toxic side of masculinity, you know, just trying to force my will upon you. And it's like, you know, that was a lot of what it was, you know, that round hole, round peg, or round hole square peg. It doesn't fit, you know what I mean? I, I just mm-hmm. never felt like I fit in my hometown. Uh, that 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 kind of thing. I just always felt that there was, that you could gain more by being nice to people. You know what I mean? I, I, yeah. I just, I, I could never, I could never, could never understand that. And and then when I come to be a parent, it was like to the nth degree. You know what I mean? Like you said, cooperating. I tell my kids all the time, we're going to get through this. We're mm-hmm. not going to get over it. Don't get over it. I've never, I don't think I've ever told my kid, get over it. You know what I mean? If I have it's a mistake or it was a joke. But, that's one of the things that we as parents are leaders we're like the front line our kids are behind us we're protecting them right totally but eventually we're not going to be there anymore right They're like the thing is is to teach them the things the, the 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 proper skills so that they can have the emotional intelligence to interact with other human beings and, and be kind because obviously the way it's been going i mean i kind of feel i don't know how you feel about this i feel like we're almost at a cost right now almost at a at a crest, you know that things are 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 pretty shaky right now, you know overall, and I think it's I think they're heading in the right direction right now, yeah, with all this, this change in, in this new wave of, of of empathy, you know, and you'll you understand that when these people do speak up like you were talking about you know the the very um macho mm-hmm. man um <laughs> mentality, a lot of times it's squashed. By other people, Mm -hmm. by other people in the room, not even the mods, not even the admins. It's like people will step up and be like, dude, that's that's not cool anymore. Right. You know, you can see those changes going and those statistics are changing. And I'm I'm big on statistics, Dave. And, you know, um, it's really interesting. Uh, I don't know if you know about this, but um, one of my main focuses is is, is, is I'm trying to impact um, um, the suicide rate of men um definitely because four out of seven suicides are actually um, going to be a man you know statistically speaking and then three of those four are going to be a father and then two of them are going to be under 30 and that's a lot of bad that's a that's a lot of that's a pretty staggering odds man you know when you think about what you're up against and you throw in anything else that you might be dealing with at the time it's like um a a borderline that's a one in ten chance so there's your odds just dropping with everything that could be happening to you that is that is influencing from his out life. Remember, borderlines are, are are largely you know to blame for trauma. I mean, trauma mm-hmm. is largely to blame for the for having to be a borderline. You know, uh, and that's inflicted in childhood. That's where I believe that everything, our behavior, our entire life stems from. I mean, this is my theory. It <laughs> stems from our childhood upbringing, anywhere between up until about twelve years old. And they mm-hmm. say ninety percent of our time with our kids is out by the time they're twelve years old. Man, right. I aim to keep that time and use that time
0: right and yeah. and the idea of of the impact that those years or, or the 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 environment that a child is in during those years carrying through to adulthood and the the statistics that you just shared you know it it seems pretty obvious to me that if we look at the trite expressions that are sort of woven into um this this, misappropriation of what masculinity actually is things like you know boys don't cry or or be seen and not heard or you know um um if if someone hits you first hit them back and and, you know beat the hell out of them you know all of that kind of stuff it, it it seems like that's a way to to handle things when the adult needs to be doing things uh, other than paying attention to the child, or they feel compelled to be doing things other than paying attention to the child. But but there's no way that anyone with any sense of logic or reason can look at, you know, five, seven, 10 years of that sort of environment for a child, and then fast forward two or three decades later, and you've got a grown man who is unable to express his emotions. He's stuck in um, a a relationship and a job and a life that is just utterly depressing or anxiety ridden and ultimately winds up in the place of, I'm just going to suffer through this until I, until I'm gone or I'm going to be gone sooner than everyone else thinks I should be. And, um, and I know when I was just as recently as, you know, a couple decades ago, whenever someone would off themselves, you know, more often than not among the tough guys that I knew it would be met with. Well, he's just a fucking coward. You know, he, yeah. he just couldn't take it. He he's a coward. And,
1: <laughs> I and, that.
0: and, and I understand where they're coming from because I understand where they come from. Right. But at the same time, I don't think it makes sense to, to label someone that way, because if you don't see any other way out than permanently being out, Uh, then what that's telling me is that you've been conditioned not to ask for help. You've been conditioned not to receive help. If someone is offering it to you without you having to ask for it, you've been conditioned that either you can handle this on your own and be a tough guy, or you don't deserve to live. That's, that's, you know, I, I can see, I can see how someone arrives at that conclusion. And I'm so grateful that, that there are, you know that awareness is what it is now, and that social media can be used for good for things like the group that that we're a part of, and where we yeah. we do have guys that are coming in and shutting stuff down that that promotes or encourages that sort of unhealthy um, thought process and paradigms in men. And and I'm I'm happy to see that it's shifting. And I'm grateful that you are a part of that, and that I get to to interact with you and have these conversations with you. You know, and, and I and and I think that there's a whole lot of guys that, that are sitting around talking about football or talking about, you know, the walking dead or or mad about Taylor Swift or whatever that are really feeling the things that you and I are talking about, but they're not having those conversations because they were never given the the skills nor the permission to open up and be vulnerable, especially to another man, right? Um yeah. And and I think it's imperative for us as dads to, to break that and to not let that be the way that our kids see us as men and, and it, and for our sons not to grow up to be men like that. And for our daughters, not to grow up to,
1: to marry men like that. To accept that in their lives. Yes. That's a, so that's an interesting, that's an interesting piece right there because I have boys and girls and and Mm -hmm. you raise them different, man. You're raising them for different worlds. You want them ideally, you want them to be in the same world. You really do, but I mean, it's kind of like the wise mind, the emotional mind, and then the logical mind, you know, mm-hmm. you want to get as close, to, you want to get the emotional and the logic, I mean, I'm mean, i sorry, emotional and logic as close to the wise mind as possible, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to get my, you know, my daughters and my sons to be as close to the same mm-hmm. world as possible, where they're, by the, my girls are, are not accepting, you know, they're they're gonna know their worth. They're not gonna stay in an abusive relationship because they know their value. That's one thing that we don't have that we weren't taught was our value. We had to learn that early on, later on in life by ourselves, mm-hmm. right? We had to learn our own validation, you know. But the thing about human beings is, when you think about that 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 need, that anger, that want to punish, that want to to get it right now, there's a lot of things moving around in there, man. There's there's the there's the, the fact that anger is a lazy, a lazy emotion. It's the first emotion we feel. It gets results. It gets them right, right now, doesn't it? We have gratification going. We have instant results. We have um, and lazy emotions, but it takes patience. It takes courage to dig past that anger to find out what is bothering me. Hurt people. Hurt people. That that is so true. You know, when you think about back in the schoolyard, who was fighting? Who was fighting? Who was fighting? Who was fighting it was always the kid that was that was that was angry at everybody wasn't it Mm -hmm. it was was always the same kid fighting everybody because he was hurt probably didn't have a dad you know those kind of things or or at least a father figure to look up to or or a dad figure to look up to and 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 those things those are apparent man those those things are what really make me question things because you know, 40 years ago we asked it like that's not logic now. It's not logic to us because we were educated, we understand, we're enlightened. But it's still so out there to me that 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 these things still exist. You know what I mean? That 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 these yeah. that these moments people don't take to to learn empathy and to dig deeper and to and to learn what them learn about themselves. I'm learning about myself every damn day. Every day I learn something new about myself, and usually it's my kids teaching me. Yeah. And that's the cool thing. Like, so you mentioned it already, too, where you you learn more from your son than what you think you've taught him. And that's and it's true, man. I've learned more about living life from my children and letting go and just being from them than I have anybody else in my life.
0: Yeah. and and, and, and to that point, like if you if you take a kid that's the same age as mine and just send him outside and he goes and he's running around and he's, you know, throwing sticks and jumping in puddles and all that sort of stuff and just experiencing the joy of being a child. How many grownups do we know that have that same level of joy in anything that they do? Right. And we can learn about joy. We can learn about happiness from just watching our kids be in the moment that way. Right. And you and I want to I want to go back and 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 talk a little bit about anger that you brought up. Right because yeah. anger yeah you know, i like that you said it's a lazy emotion because it gets a result fast and and you're exactly right when when we're looking at at trying to get cooperation out of a kid and yes. and and the terms cooperation and obedience don't mean the same thing but they will get used interchangeably right there right when we're trying to get the kids to act in a particular way um the if we don't know how to process and regulate our own emotions from having been kids who weren't allowed to do that and any sort of unpleasant emotion comes up sadness grief disappointment anything like that shows up and we're not allowed yeah yeah it's it's scary it's terrifying it's vulnerable it's i feel unsafe because i wasn't allowed to do that but Anger feels safe because it's proactive and it's aggressive, right? And anger and violence are siblings. You yes. know, we there there's where you find one, you will find the other. And so when I see people, dads specifically, saying things like, Well, I was spanked when I was a kid and I turned out fine. Or if mm-hmm. i don't spank my kids they won't turn out fine well th- there's a, a number of things too that that we could talk about first of all fine's not good enough for me i don't want to be fine no i don't want my son to no, grow no. up to be fine i want him to grow up to be exceptional you know and so so yeah. settling for fine again is lazy right and it's and it's very much tied into survival right. because because what i think what's really being said there is i was treated this way and i survived not, I, I think that's what turned out fine. Means it means I survived, and I'm and I'm able to function now. Um, but
1: no, I didn't survive the way I
0: did though. No,
1: no, no. no.
0: And and so when when hey. anger is our is our only emotion that we were ever allowed to experience. In yeah. dealing with anything that's unpleasant, that's going to be our go-to. And you're right; anger yeah. is, and anger gets results, right? If if you have a kid who's not doing what you want him to do, and you hit him, and, and let's you're, make no do and and let's make no mistake about it: spanking a kid is hitting a kid.
1: Yes. I don't
0: care. If, I don't care. Oh, it's just a little pop on the butt. You're still hitting another person, and that in itself is an act of violence. And and it. say again,
1: has the same intent behind it.
0: It does yeah, the same. Mean. Yes, it does. And so, um, yes, it, it uh, and it, it will be defended like, well, I spanked him and it worked. Well, it did work. It worked to to quell that behavior. It worked to shut that 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 behavior down in the moment. But it, how much long term damage does it cause, especially if it's done repeatedly over and over again? And and to well, tie that back to the idea we were talking earlier about suicide, I've often heard suicide referred to as a short term or a long-term solution to a short-term problem, right? <clears throat> Spanking a kid is a short-term solution that creates a long-term problem.
1: True. And um and studies uh, there's like there's like 60 some years worth of data um that supports not being physical or not punishing. And because the main thing that they usually go to is besides the damage that it causes is that it only alters the behavior. It doesn't stop the behavior. The child will likely do it again, lie about it, find a way to cover it up to keep from the pain. You're teaching the child resentment. We aren't born with resentment, right? We aren't born with that. We're given that by the people who care for us. Resentment, um, oh, what's the other one? I can't think of it, I can't think of the word right now Guilt. spite 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 spite's not the one we weren't given that was that was taught to us you know i think about the kid you ever thought you can you imagine your kid being spiteful can you imagine that you know there's adults that think their kids are, are out to spite them did you know yeah. that how yeah oh uh,
0: i'm actually so, writing that down that we're not born of resentment <laughs> it's given to us by the people who care for us that is a great quote yes yeah. And, yes. and and the idea that that the kids are, you know, out to get you, especially if they're, you know, under ten, like are are you really putting yourself in a position that you are going to say, okay, I am engaged in a psychological, intellectual battle of wills against someone who is seven years old and I will not be outsmarted. I will not be overpowered. You know, the fact is you don't know anything about brain development there, right? And, yeah. and and um. one of the ways that I think we can enlighten ourselves on how to deal with things is to understand, first of all, how the brain development actually works. We're born with all the emotions. We're born with the capacity to feel everything. It's already hardwired and it's programmed in. Our ability to to think, reason, to use logic, to problem solve, develops over time and uh, that that is what's the prefrontal cortex that part of our brain isn't fully developed until we're in our 20s so to expect yeah, a, yeah to expect a six-year-old child to be able to reason his way through a problem is like expecting a three-month-old child to be able to run a 40-yard dash in under 10 seconds you know they're just not equipped to do it they just do not have the physical capacity to do it and so <clears throat> understanding First of all, that it's not personal, that anything that gets triggered and comes up is it's just me realizing that that part of me wasn't paid attention to when I was that age. Yeah, it is a huge part of it. And so 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 don't take it personally, realize that this is my thing to work with. Right. And so setting that aside, the thing that that um that I want to talk about. Because you know we, we've done a lot of like this is the problem, this is the problem in this conversation we've had over the past 15 or 20 minutes we start talking about what yeah. can we do as men to, to rectify that problem and to solve the problem because a problem by definition must have a solution and usually it's more than one. So if if we're going to look at solutions, the very first thing is to understand what we're working with. We're working with a developmentally um, different spot, in the brain we're working on the brain that hasn't matured yet that the hardware is not even in there the hardware is not developed yet so we can't expect the software to work um so learning about brain development and understanding where the child is both in brain development and how the behavioral development um is related to that i think is vital i think that is a, a one of the most vital dad skills that we can have one of my favorite books about that is the whole brain child have you read that one
1: I dabbled in it. I have not read it cover to cover yet.
0: Yeah, um, and and I recently found out too that the um, the the television show, the kids show, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which Love is that. which Love is a that. which if anyone's not familiar with it, it is a, a continuation of Fred Rogers' Mister Rogers Neighborhood's philosophy. Okay. But it's an animated show now. And um, I saw uh, somebody on one of the social medias talking about that it takes forty weeks. From start to finish, from, from concept to finished episode to produce one episode of that show because they have to write the scripts and do all the animation, <laughs> do everything that they would do that's just TV production. But also <clears throat> they make sure that every bit of the script and everything that's going on with the characters is not only age appropriate and developmentally appropriate Um For the audience but that like it it lines up with where the kids that age are with brain development and it's modeling behaviors both with the kid on how to express themselves or 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 what they're going through happy sad you know getting along when you have to go potty stop and go right away any and all of that stuff but also how the adults or the grown-ups which that's an interesting thing I, i listened to a um an audio book of a fred rogers biography and he was adamant not to use the term parents he wanted to use the term "grown up" because not all kids have parents. Some are raised by grandparents. Oh. Some are some are raised by you know uh, no, siblings I, or aunts I mean- and uncles or whatever. And if you think about it, you never hear the word "parent" show up. It's always your grown mm-hmm. up, which is yeah. your caregiver, right? But anyway, like it, no, it, mean, like part? subtle little things like like if a kid's having wanting to talk to a grown up, the grown up in the show will always kneel down and get to the same level to meet them where they are. And I found out recently that all of the the psychological aspects that that go into that, um, the the head of the the I don't know the company department, the, like the the main guy in charge of of all of the stuff that's associated yeah. with that is Daniel Siegel, who wrote the Whole Brain Child. Really? Yeah.
1: That's crazy. I didn't know that, man. The more you know, <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. Yeah, man, kid. It's, it's 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 you know dave we have all of us as adults we have motivators right mm-hmm. we have things we want needs maybe that wants that are into needs let's take uh for example a corvette mm-hmm. maybe i'm gonna that's material but i'm just taking you as an example you sure. want a corvette what are you gonna do you're, you're gonna get up you're gonna go put your work boots on you're gonna go to work you are get your paycheck you're gonna save your money you're gonna you're gonna make sacrifices you're not gonna eat out you're gonna do all that and you're gonna Go buy your damn, your, your, your damn Corvette. You got it. You did it, right? Right. That because that was so important to you, right? hmm Children are just as passionate about their motivators as we are about ours. Theirs are just smaller. A candy bar. That could mean everything in the world to a child in that moment. And all you've done is their father, their 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 person, the one they go to, their grown up, is tell them, no, you have now become a gatekeeper, right? why it's not just enough to say no okay it's before dinner you can't have a chocolate bar fine why do you want this and that's where i try to teach god where it comes into that patience and i really think that patience is the key because in the moment when you stop and you don't react that first way you wanted to to just say no because i said so that's too quick that's too quick take time count find how long you need to count do you need to count to 10 you need to count to five to get to that point we have enough patience to go like why do you want the candy bar? Can I tell you why it's not a good idea for you to have a candy bar? I'd like you to make the right choice, the good choice about the candy bar now. And nine times out of 10, Dave, they will make the good choice. They will. The choice that you need, the, the, the 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 right choice they will make it because it's logic and they understand that. But you just have to get there. Like you said, getting down to the level not down to them but down to them. You know? Yeah. Not talking down too you know, that changes the whole dynamic. Think of a top-down way of, of of management. You know, if you were to teach, think of this: if someone was to come to this this world, uh, a humanoid from another planet, a uh, full-grown humanoid, we just had to teach them about how to live as a human. Now they're mm-hmm. stuck here. Would you get a stick and beat them when they cross the street wrong? No. When they asked for an ice cream cone because they wanted a fucking ice cream cone. Would you take a stick and beat them? No. If they stole something from the store, not knowing that we needed to pay for it, would you beat them? No. Why are we doing this to children? It doesn't make sense to me.
0: I agree completely. Just
1: find their motivators. Find their motivators. They're just as big and they care about them just as much as we do. You know, there's times my daughter's throwing a tantrum and I'm reading her. I know her. I'm reading her. If there's tears, it's a real want. It's a real one. It's a real desire. And that's all she cares about. And you can see her goal. You can see her fade away where she's looking right through your head because all she cares about is that motivator. Why am I still holding that off? What am I trying to do? I'm trying to get obedience at that point. Mm-hmm. Give in You're dad. You're there to give. You're not a gatekeeper. Definitely. You know,
0: definitely. I love that you brought up uh-huh. the thing about the Corvette and, and like what things mean to them at the moment, because a childish desire seems silly to us because we're grown-ups. Yeah. And, and that's the and that's the very way that we talk about it. That's a childish desire. Of course it is. Well, they're children. They're supposed to have childish desires, right? Exactly. <clears throat> this is a story. I don't think I've ever told you this story. A couple yeah. years ago, my son's five now, so he was probably three at the time, three and a half. Yeah. Um, he got a water bottle metal stainless steel water bottle painted and it has Spidey and his amazing friends on it. So it's got all this cool Spider-Man graphic stuff on it. Really super cool water bottle. And he got it and he was so excited about it. And he had had it for maybe, maybe half an hour, maybe I'm not exaggerating, probably less than that. And he dropped it because you know, he's a kid and when he dropped it, it hit the ground and it put this tiny, tiny little scratch in it, right? Tiny, tiny scratch. You like really had to know exactly where to look and had to have the light hit it exactly right to see the scratch. And he had a full on what I call, what we call down south, come apart. He fell completely apart, rolling around on the floor, big tears, screaming, crying. And I remember thinking in that moment, there are two ways we could handle this. I can completely invalidate what he's feeling and tell him it's no big deal, that it's just a scratch. To, you know, to stop crying and all the other stuff that seems so prevalent, or I could do what I did and get down there with him and be like, yeah, you just got this bottle. It's brand new and you because he was yelling, it's ruined. I can never use it again. It's broken. It's ruined. It's destroyed. When it was just a scratch. Right. And yeah. And I said, man, you're really, really upset about this because you, this is brand new and you dropped it and put a scratch on it. And, and like, I didn't say it, but like the way that I had the conversation with him is like, you did this yourself and you regret it. Like that's, that's where I was, I was trying to frame it in such a way that and I wasn't acknowledging, yeah, acknowledging yeah. that not, not like blaming him, but saying, yeah, you made a mistake and, and you regret that mistake. Um, or you, it was an accident and you regret that accident um and and i i remember telling him you dropped it it was an accident you didn't want that and now it's scratched and it's really important to you and it feels really 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 um upsetting to you right and he was like yeah and then within about just a few minutes 5 or 6 minutes he was done with it he was back on on track and <coughs> and he yeah. like once he had sort of, you know, once he would regulated, he's looking at the scratch and, and decided that it wasn't that big a deal. And you should see the water bottle now. There's like no paint left on it. It's like those little blue splatches on uh-huh. it, right? And, um, but I remember thinking, what a valuable lesson he taught me right there. Because if we go back to the example you gave earlier about the Corvette, imagine you've busted your ass for however long it's been to get this Corvette. And you've put all of this sacrifice into getting this Corvette and you drive it off the lot and you stop at the gas station, you fill it up. And the moment that you get ready to leave the gas station, you back up and you hit one of those little things that protects the um the gas pump and you put a tiny little scratch, just a tiny little scratch on this brand new Corvette. How would that feel? Yes. You Same would thing. feel I'd
1: wanna,
0: I'd wanna... It, you you'd want to roll around on the ground and yell and cry and scream too, because it was brand new. And now it's got this scratch on it, and, and it's your fault because you've had a tiny little accident. Ultimately, no one else is even going to notice the scratch, but you know it's there. So like in that moment, that's where he was. And in that moment, he didn't have the ability to think his way out of it. He just needed to feel it. And yeah. it has to be okay to feel that. If I shut those feelings down at that point, let's fast forward 30 years. How's he going to handle um regret yeah yeah or or anything that is like you know i made a mistake and there was some damage done because of it how's he gonna handle that you know and so uh, developing that skills is huge um i want to ask you this we haven't talked about this in the facebook group but um i'm a fan of uh, dr becky kennedy and the work that she does are you familiar with her
1: she wrote a book called good inside i've never heard her <laughs> Kennedy. Dr. I, 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 I don't. Okay, fill me in. Fill me in. I um, i got. I I know the book title. I don't. I don't know who wrote them. I'm not, I got. I got ADHD really bad.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I was yeah. like, if
1: I can get the book title, I usually remember the color of the book.
0: Yeah, it's it's a yellow book. And um she's she's uh she's probably in her thirties, maybe early forties, um, blonde woman on Instagram, uh, Dr. Becky Kennedy. I'll send you the a link to it. And I got, I got I get nothing for this. I'm but I'm just a fan of her stuff. But I got her book, Good Inside, and, as a Christmas gift, actually, and read it. And she talks in there under the subject of emotional regulation because I want to make sure that we don't just sit around and talk about guys who don't know how to handle stuff that we actually on this show offer up some tools that people guys can use to help their kids navigate this stuff. She talks about something, a concept she calls, um, um, vaccination for frustration. And the, con- the concept of vaccination being that, you know, you give a little bit of, of a pathogen and you develop an immunity to it. Right. That's, that's the whole, you know, idea behind vaccination. And this isn't a, a discussion about whether or not anyone should vax their kids or anything to do with giving shots—it's just that's the concept it, of vaccination. It's—it's yeah. it's, you give a little bit of 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 a uh, whatever the thing is, so that you can get used to doing it. Really, for me, it's it's about um, practice and rehearsal in a um, non-stressful state, so that when a stressful state shows up, we can deal with it. Right? The old the old saying of "Don't wait till you're thirsty to start digging your well." Right? Um, yeah but she talks about like allowing a child to do something and allowing them even encouraging them or setting up situations where they can become frustrated um really? and, and and i'm using frustration uh-huh. i'm i'm using frustration as the example here but i'm sure it'll work with anything like that but allowing them to get frustrated so that they can experience that in small regulated doses so that they can then learn how to handle it um and, so again, t-
1: Control, go ahead it's a controlled it's like an experiment it's like a controlled it's like a controlled environment so that you yep. you can you can almost not manipulate the outcome but you can safeguard the outcome yes
0: yes that's and, wow yeah and 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 i'm a big fan of like regulated doses of risk in play you know it, mm-hmm. I, I want my son to develop the self-confidence and the courage that it takes to climb up that tree and do the thing or to jump off the thing you know and I'm not going to let him do something that's going to hurt himself, but if he's in a situation where there's a little bit of risk there, I'm going to be like, okay, are you aware uh, that the, that tree limb over there is rotten? And if you grab it, it'll break and you, and, and, and you won't be able to, to stand on, it. you know, that kind of stuff. So making him aware of his circumstances, but allowing him to explore it and expand his ability to be comfortable within those things. So all that to say, yeah. I have recently discovered that the, one of the most effective and powerful ways to do this sort of, of regulated dose of frustration is the game. Sorry. You remember the game? Sorry.
1: It's very crazy. You just said that because my daughter just bought that game yesterday.
0: That game is one of the best tools I've ever seen for regulating or for helping a kid understand how to regulate emotions. And you know, and there's also there's counting and there's, there's like numbers and, 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 and understanding sportsmanship and back and forth like that. But the game itself is so back and forth. You can be like, I'm definitely going to win in the next three moves. And then two moves later, you're back at the beginning. Right. And, and to see him go from, from literally standing up, I don't want to play this game anymore. I'm so frustrated, rolling around on the floor crying. I'm never going to win to draw a card, draw one single card. Yeah. And whatever that move is dictates him i'm gonna win i'm gonna win it's one of the coolest games for that sort of stuff at his age that you can possibly play
1: i don't have to do it with the kids because i haven't played that in years but you're right man that would be that'd be perfect i haven't played that game in years yeah it's interesting man. like to me like I just, I mean, when you're talking about solutions, when it comes to to, to helping kids, like I really think that, like I employ things like uh, radical acceptance, uh, patience, um, and then basic grounding skills. You know, I think it just takes that extra moment to put yourself in the kid's shoes. Mm-hmm. To, but see, that's the secret. That, I think that's the secret to me, to my to my path, was realizing where that point is that I need to stop reevaluate get myself together and then i can move forward with what's going on with the child because my oxygen mask is an odd right right so i'm not healthy if i'm angry and i'm screaming and i'm beating things and i'm getting frustrated it's like it happened this morning. way to school i had to stop and count to 10 and my daughters know when you're counting to 10 like daddy you just need a minute you okay right you know and now they do the same thing and then like, i was just I'm reading this, um, how to talk so kids will listen and listen so kids will talk. Mm-hmm.
0: I haven't done that Great when look. you
1: and, and Yeah, the whole concept around it is, is putting yourself in the position of the child. How would you like to be treated? Isn't that what we do in life when we say when we're picking up a role as a manager at our new job? You know, we're going to build our management style off of the things we didn't like, not off the things we liked. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just not going to do things we didn't like. You know, same thing with raising kids. I really think, and when you get to that moment, and you're gonna feel it when the hair in the back of your neck starts standing up, that's the time when it's time to stop and count. Take the time, put just you know, re reframe it. Reframe is a big word, right? Yeah. Reframe it so that you're in its position. You know, you understand that that candy is a Corvette. Yep. You know.
0: Yep. I um, I think I posted about this in our group the other day. I um was working on some stuff online with a, a, a course thing that I'm doing and I was having some difficulty on the tech end because it was some stuff that I didn't know how to do and so I'm like having to google it and then do it inside building inside the site shopping cart stuff um yeah you know the joys of, of online course creation and I was getting what I was doing wasn't working and it was a case where I knew that it would work but I didn't know enough about what I was doing to even ask the correct question to find out the answer.
1: Oh, I understand that.
0: And and so I'm sitting there and I'm like and my son was was in the room and and I made some sort of a noise, like a, a grunt or a big exhale or something like that. And he said, Why don't you make that noise? And I said, Well, buddy, I am frustrated right now. Why are you frustrated? And I explained it as best I could. I'm working on this thing. There's a problem that I don't know how to solve yet. And I'm trying to figure it out. And everything that I'm doing is not working. And, and it's just frustrating to me right now. And I'm, feeling, and I'm feeling that. And he says to me, You know what I do when I'm frustrated? Which immediately I chuckled. And I said, Tell me. And he said, I do calm breaths. You want me to show you? It's easy. You just do this, and he starts breathing real deep. He says, "Come on, do it with me." And Isn't I that breathe. Awesome. And I breathe four or five times with him, and he says, "You feel better, don't you?" And I'm like, "Yes, I do. Probably not for the reasons that you think, but yes, I definitely do." And I'm like, "Thank what you so much for bro? reminding me of that." You know. And and, yes. and, and daughter- at no point. <laughs> At, at no point was there, don't be frustrated. At no point was there, oh, don't feel bad. At no point was there, hey, stop stop being frustrated or or you're going to get in trouble or anything like that. It was just, he yeah. recognized it. He it, it pushed his empathy button. He had a solution that he knew worked based on his own experience. And he offered at it up as at five years old. And so Does when- Yes, yes, and I'm like, this is amazing, and and at no point at all did I think anything besides, you are such an amazing little boy. Yeah, for for bringing That's
1: that crazy. up. I, 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 do that? Do that do they tell me count, man. Is it? Imagine think, think back, Dave, to your life. Imagine if someone had taught you at five years old that you needed to take a breath when you got frustrated. How different your life would be today. Yeah. You well, know? yeah. Think about that. We're. I mean we got the tools man the thing is, is we're using them we're using them
0: yeah and uh, another another thing that happens periodically is um if something's going on and i'm i'm feeling something you know unpleasant like that and it shows up in my voice tone because we're human and that's what happens um and yeah. i'm talking to yeah. him i'd say probably probably at least once or twice a month something like that'll happen and he said daddy you're not speaking kindly right now And when he does that, I just completely freeze in my tracks and say, okay, what did I do? And I'm asking him this. I get down and ask, I'm asking him this, what did I do? Or what did I say that came across as unkind? Please tell me. And he can pinpoint it. And he'll say, when you said that, like, like the way your voice was, it wasn't kind.
1: I'm like, I don't mind that.
0: I don't I love it. And, and because to me, that's telling me that he is. He recognizes his own worth. He recognizes his own value, and he knows that it's not okay for someone to treat him unkindly or to speak to him unkindly. <clears throat> and he'll do it even if I'm not talking to him. He'll he'll call out me or my wife for for being unkind when we talk to each other, which is amazing, yeah. you know. And the the thing about it is, I know that there are a lot of a lot of people that would say, "Well, he's being disrespectful for calling out to you. He should he should do what you say." I'm like, no. There's, there's absolutely nothing disrespectful about a five-year-old child recognizing his worth and holding a
1: boundary on it. Yes, nothing at all. I encourage my children to be outspoken. I want them to ask questions. I don't want them to follow, you know, and that, I mean, that's the things that I want, but I mean, to me, I, th- I feel those are endearing qualities. I mean, other people may not think they are. I don't know. Obviously a, a fortune 500 boss isn't going to like someone telling her what's up. But, I mean, that's where the child needs to learn to regulate, you know, mm-hmm. but why wouldn't he why wouldn't if my daughter was getting talked to or treated disrespectfully at work why wouldn't i want her to speak up i want her to know her worth i want him to know his worth you know because you know what i know what it's like i know my worth i spent 30 years not knowing what my worth was i never want my kids to feel that kind of pain i already paid the price why pay it twice exactly exactly and to the point that you're talking
0: about um uh, that that just triggered a thought in my mind um we've talked a lot about various different things that are sort of ingrained in the culture. Like, you know, boys don't cry or children being seen and not heard. Um, I don't have a girls. I have my one son and that's it. But one of the things that that has come up with guys that I've coached with and conversations that I've had is the stereotypical conversation that goes like this little girl is on the playground. Say she's five, six years old. Little boy does something yeah. mean to her, pulls her hair, throws dirt on her, you know, whatever. She comes running over and she does what she's supposed to do. She tells the grown up that this little boy violated a boundary. And yeah. very often the response is, oh, well, baby, he's just doing that because he likes you. Go play. Let's fast forward 25, 30 years, and you've got this same woman who is in yet another abusive relationship that she doesn't know how to get out of because at that age she internalized well if a boy is mean to me that means he likes me
1: isn't that blow your mind
0: yeah and and what a client that i worked with came to that realization and um, I'm like, this is, yeah, I'm going to use this. It, I'm, I'm going to shout this one from the rooftops, right? Because we never stop to question the logic there of like, okay, if someone's mean to me, and that means they like me, what would they do if they don't like me?
1: Yeah, right. Ah, flip the coin. Right?
0: Like, like if they don't like me, are they going to be kind to me? Probably not. Or maybe so. I mean, maybe, maybe if, if that gets skewed that way, okay, if someone is kind to me, that means they don't like me. So if someone treats me well, that means they don't like me is kind of where that Ah. emotion can go if it's planted there and never, never analyzed. One of my coaches a long time ago said that, um, in order to fully understand anything, you have to be willing to question everything. And so I'm like, well, let's question that. Let's dig with that a little bit. Right. And so instilling that sense of worth and those boundaries into little kids that way and, and body, uh, body autonomy, you know, it, if, 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 Um if a little boy pulling a little girl's hair on the playground means that she, that he likes her. Does that not, if we continue to, to go down that path, does that not just perpetuate rape culture?
1: Yeah, it really does. It's telling her to accept another man and say, accept accept the man. come with her. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've never used that. I've never said, I've never told my daughters that, I've heard it told to them before and I've shut it down, but I'm like, no, 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 no. They don't need to accept that. But yeah, I, I never really thought about the other side of like where the, you know, when treats you with kindness, does that mean they don't like me now? That, that, that I like what you said in order to understand anything, you got to question everything.
0: Well, and, and if someone treats me with kindness, does that mean they don't like me? Or does that mean that they're trying to manipulate me in some way? The only reason you're being nice to me is because you're trying to get something from me. Right. And that's pretty pervasive in most adults at this point i would say too right
1: yes sir
0: yeah yeah so sir. this is a good conversation i'm glad we finally you know got the cameras rolling and got this going no, I'm, on. Glad go I I, I'm glad
1: it didn't go the way i thought i'm glad it didn't go the way that i i let it into the script man i'm really glad <laughs> glad it out loud
0: i'm really glad maybe we'll do glad another you. one with, with the script um i want to jump into rapid fire if that's cool with you yeah go I'll for just, it i'll just throw out some questions and you fire off the answer and then we'll be done um, all right cool Let's open with this. What is one useless talent that you
1: have? Mm, I'm a plethora of useless knowledge. Give me an example. Um, the Kinzu bridge in Bret in in uh Mount Jewett, Pennsylvania, it was considered the ninth wonder of the world at one time. It was a railroad viaduct bridge. And it was built by man. It, it was a uh, it was a railroad bridge that went across the whole valley, torn down yeah. by a tornado about 20 years ago
0: oh huh, interesting
1: but it's one of the world yeah
0: <laughs> that is interesting um th- that triggered something for me that i want to i want to ask you if you know this do you know the etymology of the word helicopter no we wouldn't we would think it's helicopter, right yeah it's not it's not it's helico which means spiral and pter p-t-e-r which means flight so it's no, they are like pteranodon and helico, which means spiral. But we call them a copter because that makes sense to our brains in the way that we separate the uh the syllables and, and shorten things. Um
1: oh, I never did
0: that a lot of useless knowledge. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the most valuable piece of advice you've ever received?
1: Oh, most valuable piece of advice. You no know, baby ever died from crying. Um, favorite that holiday saved my life mm. very good having in and, and three under five when they're all going man you just got to leave i just got to take a minute and, and get to silence somewhere because not, they're going to be fine they're not going to die crying i'll be right back to them
0: very good you know? very good favorite holiday
1: oh christmas with my kids
0: yeah, you posted a lot of a lot of cool stuff from, from Christmas last year on in the Facebook group. I appreciate that. Thanks. Um
1: yeah.
0: favorite vacation spot. Oh, why? Mm, haven't been there yet.
1: My family though. I wouldn't do it alone.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, best dad joke.
1: Oh, best dad joke? It's a long one. Let's hear but it. The, the, it's a long one. No, I I would take too long. It's like a five-minute joke but basically you just tell this story about this dog i was changing the oil in my my i was changing the oil in my lawnmower and i had the gas in there i was cleaning out the tank the dog comes over and he drinks the whole pan of gas and i'm freaking out I don't know what's going on the dog's just running around in circles running around circles all of a sudden it stops and it falls over we I mean, can't figure out what happened and it ran out of gas
0: that's a good one
1: but it goes longer it's more innate it's, yeah, it's really yeah. more innate it's it's when you get to the end of it it's like that's it
0: yeah, that's very, it's very Norm McDonald. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like that one. I like that one. Um you I know that you have your and I want to make sure that we we mention this. You have your podcast that you do, the Happy Dad.
1: Happy Dad, that's it. Yeah. Happy Dad. Um, I'm always live on Facebook. I'm on Happy Dad. Um Yeah. The podcast is fun. I got I've got out two episodes that are that are dubbed i uh, working on a third. Life gets in the way. Life gets lifey. So it's not, I don't, I don't set a schedule on that. So mm-hmm. hopefully I get a new one out here soon. Let's say a a, that's, that's important.
0: I'm curious about that. Like a year from now, what does, what do you want that to be looking like?
1: I don't know. Okay. Fair enough. I hope. And I, you know what? I say this, but I've already seen it working. My uh-huh. hope is that someone can hear my story. And they can give them enough to get through another day and realize that they're not alone. Cause that was so, that was so imperative to me in rehab. This girl told me, You're not fucking unique. And it really, really floored me. Cause this whole time I'm thinking like, No one has it as bad as me. No one knows what I'm going through. No one knows it. But hearing you're not fucking unique, I'm like, I could have been offended, but I'm like, I'm not alone. I'm not alone and that is great because alone an awful lonely place to
0: yes it is yes it is um more rapid fire uh david lee roth or sammy hagar
1: uh sammy hagar
0: fair enough i i can almost always pinpoint someone's age by how they answer that question
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah if you, if you're my age it's it's almost always roth if you're under f- 45 or so it's almost always uh sammy um last one um what's a cherished family tradition either that you inherited from from growing up or that you created with your family now that you hope will be passed on you know 20 generations from now when no one even remembers your name they're still doing it
1: kinder eggs what's that kinder eggs like golden kinder eggs they're like the little egg they have a they have a parched chocolate and the other half's a little toy Oh yeah, yeah. That's like my, that's like my thing. I I hide them and I'll give them to the kids just for fun. There's no point to them, right? There's no, it's not a reward. It's not anything. And then uh, we've got this thing where we go like this all the time. The kids, the girls are always doing this to me, uh, making a heart shape. And I don't need to when he when he said I love you? You know? Yeah. So it's just things
0: different way. You know? Very cool. Well, Jeremiah, I appreciate you taking some time to hang out with me today and have this conversation. Um. Want to make sure that Thank people you. know where the the uh it's the happy dad podcast and also our Facebook group is um the dads club. Come join us. Yep. We've dad's got what, like fifty five thousand dads on there now,
1: something like that. Yes, yes. Um got a, I got I shoot a lot of different content over my stuff too. a little more open. I don't know, I just you know, dad's club's a little more to be closed. I think sure. that a little more private. But um, check out my stuff. It's the happy dad everywhere. And, and, you know, I got got some good stuff out there. So hopefully you can help somebody out. Somebody feel not so alone. Definitely.
0: Well, I appreciate you being on. Um, I'm Dave Whitley. This is Advancing Man Project. And thanks a bunch. We'll see you next time.